Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that re- welcomes back a prodigal son, a very own prodigal son from Spain, Sean Harris. Sean, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm really well, thanks very much. I had a terrific holiday. Thanks, thanks for asking. Good fun. Yeah, really, really good. So, yeah, right. look forward to the next holiday. Cool. And, and to any of you who might have been listening to us for the first time, maybe because you saw us featured on Amazon Music or anything like that, um, I should probably have introduced myself first. My name is Tosin Ajay. I am the host of the podcast. I am based up in the United Kingdom, somewhere near Birmingham, the second city of the United Kingdom. And joining me as always on the Isle of Wight is Sharon Bolland. Hello. And the aforementioned Sean Harris. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Sean, you have, uh, we do not have Holly with us today. Holly is off to the theater. She is go- she's off being a culture vulture, essentially. And, um, uh, Sean, I feel like I need to start off this thing with an apology to you. Because you go away on holiday, you go to there, we might keep the podcast going, but then you come back, and then you come back, and you realize that you're the only one who is keeping <laughs> the cinema end of the bargain up. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're the only one at this place keeping the cinema end of the bar. I tried my hardest to join you in it, but even at the moment, to be, to be quite frank with you, every time we actually get to sit down and record this podcast, I feel like it's a bit of like, I feel like it's borrowed time, because I'm sat at home looking at a heavily pregnant eight and a half month wife. Or eight and a half month pregnant wife, and I'm yeah. thinking uh, it, that's why I haven't got anything in the cinema because I'm thinking I don't think I can leave her alone for three hours. <laughs> oh, oh, it's like if I leave her for three hours, I'm gonna hear about it later. So, <laughs> so yeah, that that is my excuse. I I apologize to you, Sean. You are the only one no who ends up in the cinema, and I'm, just I'm quite I, happy to hold up, hold up, hold the fort. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm just, but I was just thinking back. I was like, when we first started to do this, we decided to do this podcast. I don't think that was the deal. Sean, you go to cinema. The rest of us will do whatever the heck we want. <laughs> and I know, Sean, knowing you, you would do that anyway. Because yes, that's, why would, started, yes. that's why we started these podcasts. Because this is stuff we would do anyway. But, but I think it has gone to extremes. So this week, we have three films in cinema that only Sean has seen. <laughs> Which is what we usually do. We usually go to the cinema, <laughs> see three things, rate them out of five. We stay at home, watching Netflix and Friends, see three things, rate them out of five. And then we decide at the end of the day where her money has been better spent this week. As we said, this week we have Sean, Sean Harris, who is our cinema correspondent. And the rest of us are the sofa correspondents, <laughs> the ones who stay at home. So, Sean, this week we have... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but we have Strays. You're going to tell us about Strays. strays. Yes. You're going to tell us about Blue Beetle. Yes. And you're going to tell us about the Haunted Mansion. And the Haunted Mansion, yes. And Haunted Mansion. Okay, these, the, I, I think at least two of those would usually be the things that I would pick up. Like Blue Beetle yeah. would have been, would have, you know, right off my street anyway. But, and, but at home, at home, Sharon, can you tell me what it is that you have seen that we're going to talk about? I have seen a show called Silo on Apple TV+. Plus. Yes, I have also seen Silo on Apple TV+, Plus, as has Holly, who, has, who sent us a WhatsApp before we started recording, kind of saying, oh, could we please push Silo to next week? I want to talk about it as well. So what we decided to do is that we will talk about Silo today, but we will also revisit it where next week, when Holly has also seen it. Where that is provided that a baby hasn't shown up. So <laughs> it's a... Um, uh, actually, I've, I've got to figure out what we do when the baby shows up. <laughs> I don't have a clue. But you're allowed to have paternity leave. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, I, know, I know I'm shutting down a lot of stuff in September. I'm shutting down a lot of stuff in September just because I'm like, no, no. But I've got to figure out if there's a way I can get you guys to carry on without me. Um, but um, 
what was I talking about? Man, baby brain has already kicked in and is, the child is not even here yet. <laughs> we talked about Silo and that we're going to revisit yes. it next week as well. Thank and you. then who knows when Thank that you, next Sharon. time will be. Thank you, Sharon. <laughs> Would you like to host this show next week? Just in case. Just in case. And I have also seen the show called Unstable on Netflix with Rob Lowe and Rob Lowe's son. And um, another show called Well Mania. So, without further ado, let's kick off with cinema as is our want, and let us kick off with Strays. Sean, tell us about Strays because I think everybody else who hasn't seen this film, all you would have seen is Talking Dog Movie. Talking Dog Movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can forget Hatchy and A Dog's Life and all those those sort of uh, those sort of dog movies. It's not that sort of dog movie. Or is it um, also, it's not the sort of like thing that tells us more about ourselves than it does about that it does about than it does about the dog. <laughs> I wouldn't even say that. No, it's just uh, it basically it's. Um, oh, oh, and... oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh, that film with the terrible title, "The Art of Driving in the Rain" or something like that. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, carry on. <laughs> yes. Okay. So this is a story. I mean, I don't know. Did you ever see the trailer for it, Toast? I think think uh, you did. I, Sam, I, didn't I, I have yes, seen I've the trailer, seen the trailer for, for it. Yeah, yeah. I have seen the trailer okay. for Strays. So, I know what the basic idea is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically the story. There's a dog, you know, a lovable dog. Well, I don't think he's particularly lovable, but then I'm not a big dog fan. But anyway, uh, and his owner decides that he doesn't like him. And so he, he takes him as far away as he can so to try and get rid of him, basically. But he always manages to find his way back. But there's one particular time he actually takes him miles into the city and yeah. um, dumps him in the city. And he's like, oh, you know, and these couple of big Dobermans are like, oh, you know, so... But the dogs were typecast with the sort of dogs that they'd be, you know what I mean? So, like, the the, the bigger dogs here, shall we say, and you've got, like, a police dog. I bet, I bet, I guess you can guess what the breed of the... the well, German Shepherd, dogs. Alsatian. Yeah, and and, and a bloodhound, obviously. So, yeah. so, so, you know, they are very... And they very much talk like... In fact, I don't know who did the voice to the the uh, the police dog, but um, it sounded a bit like one of those... Um, you know the uh, one of those big wrestlery type blokes he goes hey yeah. so anyway so that's the story basically they the, he powers up with with four three other dogs like a um a great dane a border collie and mm -hmm. a little well i don't know what it is little scappy one little terrier who played by jamie the voice jamie by fox, jamie yeah. fox and yeah. and i have to say that i don't know i really like jamie fox you know and, and a lot of things he's <laughs> one of my one of my, he just seems to have something that I really, really like. I mean, I, I recently, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's me. I watched a thing with him talking to Denzel Washington. Oh yeah. And he, and he, he said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to just do an impression because he's brilliant at impressions." And he goes, "He is brilliant at impressions." Your hands off me, <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he is. He's brilliant at impressions. If you. <laughs> I saw something similar to that where he was pretty much Im uh, he was imitating a lot of the cast of um, Any Given Sunday. So yeah, yeah. He, he do him doing Al Pacino doing a speech from Any Given Sunday is, is actually a thing to behold. <laughs> That's it. But anyway, back to the story. So so basically, they decide it's like it's like you know an adventure. They go right. We're going to go. We're going to sort out. Um, you know, they're, they're going to do something nasty too to well, i think i think the words in the the words in the trailer that the dog uses that he's going to find his owner who's dumped him and bite his dick off i believe that that is essentially the that is that's, that yes. that is the 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 journey of this film that is the quest yeah. that they're going on in this film that's it and as i say on on the way through they meet different 
they say, oh, where are you going to find your way back? And he said, oh, where there's, there's this big wheel thing. Um, uh, well, big fair. He says, oh, there's this big wheel and this big mountain. And so they sort of find their way back by landmarks. He sort of follows them back by landmarks. Yeah. And, you know, there's like, <laughs> there's a great scene with a bunch of cats hanging out like, like a big gang. You know, they sort of walk by and there's like a bunch of cats hanging out of, uh, of, bins and stuff a bit like you know top cat you know what i mean and they're like hey <laughs> what are you doing bit. coming through this name <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. so anyway it's uh, uh and i just thought it was just going to be the bits in the trailer it's funny but i really really enjoyed this film i thought it was uh i i, I had i was laugh out loud i was i was laugh out loud i, I mean there were a few bits but which i wasn't quite so keen on but on the whole I just really, I just really had a good time. I had a good time at the cinema. Yeah, I enjoyed this immensely. Much more, much more than I thought I was going to. I wasn't expecting great things, but you see, no, no, no. These are the kind of things that I look at and I say that these are high praise from Sean. So, Sean, yeah. I think, I think the the two things that you are usually reserve your your harshest critic criticisms for, I think, are comedies and horror movies. <laughs> so, if if you find a comedy that you actually like. Good. If you find a horror movie that you don't think was rubbish, <laughs> good. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's good going because I know this is kind of like a talking dog movie, and usually talking dog movies are supposed to be like cutie things. But I feel like this is kind of like it's like the super bad of talking dog, dog uh, movies, where it's it's almost like R rated, and like the things the dogs do yeah. uh, are like it. It's not sanitized. It's kind of like I, yeah. I saw a review that was saying, "Yeah, that's what dogs are like. Dogs are yeah. actually, dogs are filthy." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But um. Yeah, I mean, there's there's one bit where I was, which I, I won't say what bit. Anyway, let's just say a prison cell. Well, you know, all the the, the pound, whatever. But yeah. that was. Uh, I mean, normally I wouldn't find anything like that funny at all. I was like, why why are you finding this funny? Because it's not as. But I did. No, I, I had a good time. I had a good time. I was, I was laugh aloud. So, so, yeah. so how many stars would you give Strays? Um, well, I don't. I mean, I for enjoyment wise, I would give it quite high but i think for a film for general release I, I've, I've got to give it a high three probably a high three but I, I did have a good time i did enjoy it yeah okay so one of those three star three star film but four four star maybe five star experience but, of watching uh, it because uh, i should imagine it would be i should imagine it might be offensive to some people and it would be so but i suppose from a personal point of view i mean I should be allowed to give it a four, really, shouldn't I? You not think about what other people think. It's about your enjoyment. A, what did you think of it? it yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So okay, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go up four for this one because okay, I was. Good. It was a surprise. It was a surprise, and I had a really, really good, enjoyable time. So, think, and bear, bearing in mind, I'd been away, I suppose. So it was probably like the. Was the was first, it the first film back? Basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. All right. So, but but also I'll say that this might be the Chris Christopher Lord and Phil Miller. Or is it Chris, no Christopher Miller and Phil Lord? I think that's the way around. They are the producing partners. They've also directed a whole bunch of films and all. They did like Twenty One Jump Street, Twenty Two Jump Street. I enjoyed those. I enjoyed those. Yeah, th those are those are good. They did the they did the Lego Movie. They did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. So th th there's a lot of stuff that they do, and pretty much a lot of stuff that they do is just ends up. They did um um the Spider Verse movies. Like they were the producers behind those. Okay. Wow. And so yeah, and yeah. Oh, so they are names that if their name is attached to something, you're like there'll at least there'll at least be an idea here that is worth is worth um worth following up with. All yeah. right, cool. So thank you very much for that, Sean. That's and before we carry on, I would like to go on with we have this thing where if people get in touch with us, 
any way, be it bleach to Twitter. You can get through get in touch with us on Twitter or X or whatever it is you want to call it nowadays. <laughs> so Twitter, we're called Netflix versus Cinema. So Netflix via Cinema. We're also on YouTube, Netflix via Cinema. And every now and then, people will find a review that we've put up and they will say something in re- in reply to it. And uh, we just love the attention. We're like, oh my god, people actually notice that we've done something and put something up there. <laughs> so so if you do that, you will get a shout out on this show. If you get if you interact with us in almost any way, you will get a shout out on this show. And shout. Aaron, once again, once again, because you seem to be, your reviews seem to be our YouTube catnip. People on YouTube find out things that you do. And this is something that you did a while back. It's a show that you did a while back. Do you remember Les Combattants? Yes, I do. Yes, otherwise known as Women in War with this English title. Yeah, Les Combattants, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yes, Les Les Combattants. And there is, we just have somebody whose um, YouTube username is OxaneMTN. And it just, just the only comment they put on here three days ago is saying it's a bit of a fable in brackets on purpose, but I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, which, that's good. Yes, which I, which I think it's kind of like it goes with the whole thing. When Sharon puts up a review and everybody interacts with the Sharon review that Sharon puts on, they generally tend to agree. <laughs> they generally tend to agree with Sharon's review, and if they ever reply. Um, go on something that I wrote is just like why is that I, I like oh to, to quote somebody who Ross wrote why is the black guy talking so fast so <laughs> that's what I get that's what <laughs> but, but, but they yes. did like your they did like your asterisk review that's the one asterisk of your review. reviews yes they are the asterisk of the mansion of the gods oh my god we didn't yeah. read that out did we <laughs> we did not read that out I'm going to have to find out where that one went but anyway um, I'll read that out later in the show but um but now let us carry on. Let's carry on on to Netflix and Friends, and we're going to talk about Silo. So, Sharon, could you talk to us about Silo? Yes, Silo is a Apple original, um, so it's made exclusively for that platform. It is a single season, but it is based on a trilogy of novels by Hugh Howie um, called Wool, and then I think it's Shift and Dust, or it might be Dust then Shift. Anyway, but there's a trilogy of books, and this is obviously based loosely on the first book called Wool. Yeah. And it is set, and uh, we don't know the time frame, but we it's set um, in a silo, which is basically a bunker underground that goes down something like 130 floors down. And there's a central staircase that runs down through it, and people sort of work up and down these levels. There's a top section where all the... the, the, the mayor lives with all the authority. There's, like, the judicial system... Or the sheriff is based there. And then there's like the section called the mids, where you have all the industry, you have farms, you have the nurseries, you have the hospitals. And then you've got in the deeps, the down deep, you have where the engineering is, where they, and there's the whole place is sort of run on these massive turbines under the ground that keeps the air flowing, that keeps power on, and it keeps everything working. But it's basically this entire, like a city, but underground. And we don't know why they're living underground. Mm. And as the series progresses, they don't know either. <laughs> they just know that for, for generations, they have lived in this silo. <laughs> yeah, and there was an uprising, and that everything from before the uprising was destroyed. So their history, human history, has been basically expunged. So all they know is the last 150 years. That's their entire knowledge of their existence. And when, every now and then, they will find a relic from before which is like before they lived in the silos they knew that people at one point did live on the surface 
and that something bad had happened because basically if you go outside you die the air is poisoned or there's something going on outside so that you don't go outside and because it's just not safe there but every now and then they find a relic and that reminds people that yes there was life outside of the silo but it is strictly put up you know it's like repressed they take these relics and they destroy them because they do not want people to know about life before and the story starts with we meet the sheriff who has uncovered a mystery a mystery about the the purpose and the existence of the silo and something that we don't know about but he has found something out and his and he's following in the footsteps of his wife his wife found something out and so we are basically trying to follow his footsteps and I don't want to sort of spoil the first few episodes because it is quite key that you get drawn into this story. It is. But we end up seeing life basically on the different levels. We see the life up top where people, they have like a window into the outside world and it just shows this desolate wasteland. But there's only, there's only a very limited view. And in the past when people have, there's, one, there's a, a rule book um, called the pact, which is like the agreement that everybody abides by when they live in the silo. Yes. And one of the clauses of this pact is that anyone who wants to go outside can go outside. Well, and has they're to told, go outside. But, but once, as soon as they express it, they say, I want to go outside. That's it. It's irreversible. They leave the silo. And when they go outside, they're given this wire wool and they're told, did you want to clean? Because there's cameras outside. And the idea is that when it's safe to go outside, the people will see that there's sort of, sort of green shoots start to appear or something, and that if they clean the cameras, then it will mean that people inside will have a better insight of what's going on. And people say, I'm not going to clean, I'm not going to clean. And then when they go outside, they end up cleaning. And that, the mystery is, what do they see that they think that we need to see? But that's why they clean these, these cameras. And as the story unfolds, we basically discover a little bit about how the silo runs and a little bit about why people clean when they go out. Uh, but there is a mystery uh, in, involved in this story, but I can't give you too many insights into it because it will be a bit of a spoiler. No, but no, it, you cannot. <laughs> but it does could... explore life um, yeah, in the up tops, in the, in the mids and in the down deep. Yeah. Can, how many episodes is it, Sharon? Can I ask? How many episodes? Ten. Ten. It's ten. ten episodes. Oh, right. Okay, so it's quite a lot of episodes then. <laughs> it's ten episodes. Yeah. Each one is about an hour long, and if you um, there's similarities. I mean, guess I guess it's a, it's a dystopian thing, and most dystopian things have similarities. But if you ever saw a film called Snowpiercer about a train yes, at the end the of train. the world, where you had like different, there's some similarities to that. Like you have people. All the way down at the bottom, you have mechanical, and mechanical is seen as like the lowest of the low, even though they're very, very important to keeping everybody alive. Yeah. And then you have, a, I, I like the world building in this because it feels like a world that has been thought out. And you think these yeah. are the people, these are the judicial people, these are the police people, these are the mayor, and you start getting the idea of all these different, almost they're not really sects, but they have different functions between them. And and yeah. there's even that they've thought about different ways about how long it would take you to travel the the height of the silo, the depth of the silo, and how they say about, okay, we're going to go walk the silo, and it's going to be like a day. So it's a very, very well put together world. And you can see someone has put a lot of thought into it, like, or if you're walking up and down, how, how, how would you drink water? How would you drink water? And there's been a lot of stuff that has gone into this to, to help you figure that, that Ooh, stuff out. That how good. they survive. And, um, yeah, and where the power lies. Um, and not, not yeah. just in like the electrical power, but when you have a sort of building like this, where does the power lie? Does it 
lie with the judicial? Does it lie with the mayor? Does yep. it lie with the the most powerful person? Yep. It may not be the most obvious person. So it's very much a sort of a very much subtle shifting and manoeuvring. And then a different episode, you get sort of mini revelations. So you begin to think, oh, actually, okay, yeah. that's interesting. Uh, fortunately, I read the books long enough ago. They've been, the books have been around for quite a long time. Yeah. I read the books long enough ago that I didn't. I wasn't hung up on. Well, that's not the same as the book. Oh, I, I <laughs> can right. see what's coming here because mm. I, I, I had, an, I had enough distance so I could appreciate it and let it unfold. Even though some <laughs> of the things I sort of knew, I still was able to really appreciate how it unfolded the story. Sharon, does does the whole once you've watched the whole lot, does it all become clear, or are they have they left it on like a cliffhanger for next time? Because okay, now, okay, may, if I may, if I may take this yes. one, if I take this one, so uh, I put up uh, I put up a tweet. I think just before I'd watched nine of ten episodes, and I and it was the the gist of it was I've watched nine of ten episodes, and there's too much story in here that they can't resolve it all in the last episode. And I think oh, my I words think. were, I'm getting that this is going to end on an annoying cliffhanger feeling. And when, the, when you're told that this is based on pri primarily a trilogy of books, mm. you know it's not going to end. <laughs> you know it's not going to end. I think, uh, and I, I think I'm getting a little bit of fatigue of stories that don't end. And stories yeah. that don't end straight away because I understand why they do it. They want you to come back. And I understand that. And that is their, is their right. I understand why Hugh Howie would have written a book that isn't just going to be one book. There's going to be more books because that's how he's going to make his money. That's going to be his pension. I understand that. But I have to admit, I'm getting a little bit of fatigue of stories that don't just don't end. I, mm. think, I think Silo does it better than most in that some things are resolved. Some things are left open. And I think they just about get the balance right so that it isn't just That's really, right. really annoying. Uh, and and does I it all like take it. does it all take place in the silo or do you actually or, can do you actually see some of the outside world? Pretty or? much. Pretty, pretty much. much. Like right. essentially what is what is actually in the outside world is a big part of the story. Right, okay. It's a big part of the story, is like the the whole thing of what is outside there, are people lying about what is outside there? If they are lying, why are they lying? Mm. And even what are they lying about? Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like it's like a big it's like this whole big thing where because it has a quite good cast. You've got David Ayelowar, you've got Rashida Jones, you've got Rebecca Ferguson, you've got Tim Robbins, Geraldine James, mm -hmm. Will Patton shows up, and you you have all these and you're kind of wondering okay, cool, why are they there? What are they doing there? Who who's the what does this mean? And it's one of those shows. It's one of those shows that it's it's. I think it's a, you're supposed to be asking yourself all these questions while watching it going, what does it all mean? Who is this person? Why are they doing this? All that kind of stuff. And it, and I think it's called like a puzzle box where little by little it reveals something to you. But oh, everything okay. everything it reveals is like, okay, but what does that mean? And why does that, and why did they do That's that? And, yeah. and it's that kind of show. And it does end on a bit of a cliff. Well, it's it's well, not... A cliffhanger as such, but it's a yeah. tease, isn't it, almost, it's for what's a tease, to come? Yeah. It's it's a comeback, come back if you want to find out more about what happens oh, right. next. Yeah, one of those. So I don't it, mind it, that in the fact that we know that it's based on a trilogy of books. I mean, my, my personal bugbear is when they decide to split a book over like four seasons. Yeah, and it's annoying. just like just don't do that. That, don't that do is that. annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they try to milk it, but I'm thinking if they can stick to three seasons, I'll be happy because I think you don't need to over egg it. I mean, 
it's written, it's quite a concise writing in the novels. The novels aren't great chunks of books either. Wool is the longest book, but Shift and Dust aren't that huge a novel. So yeah. they are. there's about a season's worth of stuff in there. So I think, yeah, don't over-egg it. Don't, you know, just don't keep dragging it out, make it into like, on our sixth season, we're planning to, it's like, don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I will not it, be around for that. I, I no, can't tell you. Because, because I, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was really, really well well written, acted, performed. I thought the world was well thought out. And my only bugbear is that the story doesn't end. But I think it's built in that the story doesn't end. So it's yeah. so so it, it's I, even I feel it's a bit of a weird thing to be annoyed about, but I am annoyed about it. Yeah, well, no, I think it's got promise, though. I just don't want it to turn into Handmaid's Tale. Oh, I don't <laughs> want it to turn into... Which I was, want... you know, great first two seasons, and then it's just like, you know, okay, just give it up now. Just give it up. I, I think <laughs> I think the, the, the danger is that it turns into Lost. I don't want it to turn into Lost. Yeah. I, I mean, thankfully, it Lost. They didn't know what they were doing. They were making it up as they are going along. This already has... A, a roadmap. Yeah. You see, I never ever got that with Lost. So many people are telling me they used to love it, and and I just never ever ever got Lost. I was just like, I. I so I watched. I used to love watch Lost. Did you? Yeah, I, didn't, I watched. Yeah, it. No, I, I didn't like it. I did watch it to the very end because I thought I'm committed. I'm watching it to the end now. I'm watching it all. But now, to be honest with you, I was younger then. I wouldn't have the patience now. But if I lost interest, I'd be like, I'm gone. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think I, I told. I, 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 I was like committed. I watched it and I liked I, it. I've told this story before in the podcast about me and Lost and how I watched three episodes, realized this story, this show relies on you not knowing what's going on. It's American, <laughs> so they wanted to go for as long as possible. Therefore, they're never going to tell you what's going on. Yeah. And I left. <laughs> three episodes in, I went, nope, not watching it. Because I had, I had a conversation with someone at work who, who said, who looked at it and said, I can see this sort of going on for the next five years. I'm not going to commit five years to a program. Mm. So I'm out. <laughs> and so because some seasons you think, yeah, I can see that. But others you think, no, I, um, I can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, so, OK, but Sharon, I'm hoping, how many I'm, stars? I think this is a I would give it personally, I would give it a four. four I thought it was yeah. entertaining television. It was a good cast. It kept you guessing. There was no obvious, why would you do that, moments in it. Um, yeah, every now and then I, I, I would think sometimes one of the protagonists, I think, um, are you being deliberately difficult? <laughs> And I just think probably yes, it's their nature. Um, but no, so I thought, yeah, to me, it, it worked. It was a good adaption and it worked as a standalone television show without having to have prior knowledge. Because um, some some adaptions work better if you've read the, like we said with June, if yeah. you've read the books, you get more understanding and you can see the nuances and the layers. Yeah. This, I think most of what you know, as it's revealed, is what you would, it's the same pace as it's revealed in the book. So to me, it was a good adaption. I enjoyed it. I couldn't pick any too many holes in it, so I thought, yeah, yeah, deserves a four. Yep, I'll give it a four as well. I mean, it not ending notwithstanding, I'll give it a four. <laughs> so let's go back to cinema. Let's go to Blue Beetle. And Blue, Blue Beetle. Beetle. This is a DC film. So now there's people who still don't understand what the difference between Marvel and DC is, and we don't have time to go into it because I know Sean, you and I could. <laughs> yeah, we, like, could, could, we could do a whole episode on it. We, we? we could go on for ages about <laughs> yes. Marvel and DC and the differences and blah 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 and the philosophical things and whether you're a DC person or a Marvel person. But this is the world of Batman, Superman, blah 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 that is being rebooted. Oh, and the Flash must not forget the Flash. Flash uh, <laughs> that has been rebooted with by James Gunn. And Blue Beetle is one of these films that is in their way like 
is this part of the new world or is this part of the reboot is this part of the old thing we don't know but he is a lesser known superhero lesser known superhero especially this version of blue beetle is a lesser known superhero um compared to most of the other ones but sean tell us about blue beetle okay blue beetle i think blue beetle is 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 was really popular in mexico in mexico um you know more because uh, I, well, okay, I think. okay, okay. A, a little bit of a history lesson. <laughs> the, the, there was, the, there's been two Blue Beetles. The original Blue Beetle was a guy called Ted Cord. He was a Caucasian American man, and um, then later on, they the whole idea is that he had this scarab that was shaped like a beetle. It was a bit of yeah. alien technology that he never That's really it. knew what to do with. But then later on, it turns out he was he was a bit like Batman in that he had like a business and all that kind of stuff, and he had a whole bunch of tech because he could never get the scarab to work. But he was quite early, wasn't he? He was early. He was DC. like fifties. Fifty. That's what, that's what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. 50s, yeah. 50s yeah. DC, really, yeah. Then yeah later, I mean, yeah. Later on, they brought on a they they brought on some new writers, and then they came up with a new Blue Beetle, and this is somebody with, who the scarab actually starts working with, and he is a Hispanic. Hispanic. Yeah, he's a Hispanic. Um, he's a Hispanic teenager who ends up with the scarab. Works with him. It fuses with him a bit like Venom. A Venom, bit like yeah. yeah, a bit like something like that, and gives him powers. So, so yeah, I believe in the film he's Puerto Rican. Is he's Puerto Rican, and so this version of Blue Beetle, Jamie Reyes, was very popular amongst, as you can imagine, Hispanic Americans. Because yes. Yes they don't have many Hispanic-American heroes. No. I, I think a lot of Mexican films, wrestler films, weren't they? They used to be like around in the 50s and 60s. They used to like the old masks. Luchadors. Masks. Yeah, or the luchador. That's it. Tozin's a mine of information, bless him. <laughs> um, yeah, so, okay. But anyway, back to the film. So, yeah, this is a it's a, a, a Hispanic family. I'm not really sure if they're Puerto Rican or... I, I never picked it up, So, but, but if they're Puerto Rican, they're obviously... Uh. They've, they've they've obviously moved into an area. So perhaps they were Puerto Rican and they moved to, to an area. I, I think, I mean, I don't know. It might not be 100%. I think it's Mexico, I think, or somewhere. Or do you think it's Puerto Rican? Anyway. Well, it's, anyway. I, I don't know, but, but I, know, I know that I heard the director speaking about it and the director said he he, he, he was talking about Puerto Ricans. Uh, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps that's where it is then. But anyway, it's a family and they live on this, this uh, I guess, community, you know, where there's a lot of other Puerto Ricans or... or well, Hispanics generally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and their son comes back from, he's just been to college, he's, he's become a lawyer, he sort of turns up. And it's a big family thing, you know, they're all like, oh yeah, come down. Hispanic families, similar to, I guess, like Jewish families or any any families really. Mm-hmm. And um, basically he's, he's got a sister and they say, oh, well, you know, we should get a job, we should get a job, earn some money because they, they're going to get evicted from their from their house. They're going to get evicted. Mm-hmm. So they decide to get to get a job and they get a job in this this big tech company working as like you know waiters and wait waitress working around and it just so happens that you've got you've got this this company is working on tech which there's a big dc thing which is quite good which is a new world but called omac right and there used to be this comic dc comic jack kirby world called omac the one man army corps anyway she's (laughs) yeah there was a comic it was 70s 1970s 1976 i think omac the one man anyway so and they're creating these these omacs these like fighting machines which you know to take over obviously they want to yeah 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 and he just happens anyway he's, he's they're outside they're having a, a chat him and his sister and they see this bit of altercation going on between um 
these two ladies, a young lady and that, and he thinks, oh, she's quite nice and, and all that. And she drops something, picks it up, and he's like, tries to get friendly with her. And um, basically, this tech company, the the young girl, she she doesn't like the way the, the company's going. She she Her father was the old Blue Beetle, you know, like years yep. ago. Ted Gordon. Yeah, Ted. So, yeah. So she doesn't want to... Um, she doesn't want the company going this way of the OMAC thing. So there's a bit, so she, she pinches the, pinches the scarab yeah. and the scarab chooses people. You know what I mean? It just so happens that as it's being chased, they, they sort of cross paths and he, he goes up and he sees her and that, and this, he's got all oh, that. She, she goes, here's this, take this, take this. Don't look inside. Whatever you do, don't look inside, take this and, and hide it and hide it like that. And, he, yeah. and they're, all, they're all sat at the table with the family and that. And he goes, haven't you ever looked? Haven't you ever looked? Is this going? Haven't you ever looked? And he goes, No, no, no. She said, I goes, Have a look. And they pick up, goes, Oh, what's that then? They go, And of course, it, it yeah. fuses, they with join, him. fuses with him. So and then, then you've got it. And then you've got obviously Susan, the Susan Sarandon character. I'm not sure her name, but she 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 wants the beetle back because she needs the tech. She needs the, the, yeah. the harvest of tech. And she's tried it. Obviously, you've got one, one sort of villain that's like huge that's melded a little bit similar sort of thing with a bit of tech yeah which yeah. is you know you can say you've got like a huge a yeah, huge we... monster monster techie well, 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 half the, human the, half terminator type thing you know yeah the, the thing is like the, the okay the thing with this film is that so much so so that's what you have then be, uh, yeah. for me everything about this film says it's going to be an origin story you've seen this many many times before you the 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 plot of this is not a million miles removed from ant-man so no, and it's a cross i would say it's a cross between ant-man venom and deadpool so basically if you it's uh, sort of uh, uh if you was to think those movies and combine them a little bit it's, it's very very sort of similar to that you know with the symbiotic relationship like in venom where you know yeah. that happens to be a female so anyway so that's basically the story you can imagine there's like they're being chased there's fights there's you know big cut and and he's he's a real good guy he doesn't want to hurt he says no 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 i can't kill any. and i'm going yes do, do him do him why are you what you know what's gonna happen then of course you know i'm like just do him do him don't let him you know what's gonna happen you know it's, it's my my biggest thing is like no you must do it you've got this chance this is your chance to make sure this thing's not going to get up and do some more serious damage yeah, yeah. But obviously the goodness in him can't do it I, you know so anyway <laughs> Oh yeah, do it. So anyway, but so 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 far, so far. But is this anything other than what you expect when you hear superhero origin movie? Teenager gets some power and then does stuff with it. Uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But this is more that the family becomes much more involved. But what I always find fascinating about these. Oh, he's got an uncle. So so the blue beetle, the young man. He's got an uncle that's like you know drives around in a like that. So yeah, a bit like. In Ant-Man, funny enough, you were saying Ant-Man, you know, with the P- Michael Pena character. Michael Pena's character, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, yes, yeah, you well, know. The problem I just have with this film is, like, I feel like, even watching the trailer, I look, I, I'm getting this real feel of, that has been done very recently in another film, and I would, I would put my money on that it's been done better mm, <laughs> in yeah. another film that has been released within the last five years. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think... As I say, it is. I think it's. Um, there's a lot more. The family get a lot more involved. I okay. mean, obviously, obviously, they come to house, the house, and the community. So there's a lot more more family involvement in this, and the communities coming together and whatever. And 
granny let's just say granny is like turns out real badass you know she was like some <laughs> cuban revolutionary in the 1960s you know toting miniguns and stuff so yeah so that that bit was quite funny um, well, so, i'm yeah. always a, i'm always a fan of a badass <laughs> granny yeah, badass granny yeah you know oh, yeah it was like oh oh didn't i tell you about didn't i tell you about grandma you know she was she, she was friends with fidel castro you know what i mean it's like all oh, right so yeah so so that i mean it was yeah it was pretty average standard fare i mean i didn't hate it there's moments in it when i that you know my, my, my annoying moments but i guess being he's a young lad he doesn't want to do a lot of damage you know so of course it comes back to to bite him in the butt a bit later on you yeah know? yeah so so yeah on the whole um probably give this a three star i didn't mind it it had moments uh, i had a few moments of laughter it wasn't really you're exactly right toes it wasn't anything really new it was an origin story with a, perhaps a bit more the family got involved a bit more but it always amazed me how oh yeah and the old there was like a little bit of a, a post credit thing where you know like because everybody thinks the first blue beetle is 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 dead or something. is dead but you know there's like yeah but what i mean anyway his uncle his uncle drives a big they find a lab and he just happens to know how everything works you know what i mean by some <laughs> some reason knows how to turn them yeah. on knows how to make things happen you know and uh, i'm like Oh really? Oh, you know. Oh, yeah. I, make, I, make, you know, yeah. I, I just thought that the best this film could be is a three. Yeah, I mean, three it's, stars. It's, three it's, stars. It's a, if that that's what I thought. That's what I thought. And maybe I think the the Hispanic angle is good. I like the fact that they've actually yeah. gone for that. And I hear and I like what I hear about the family coming along. I think that's mm. I think that's yeah. good. Yeah, 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 but yeah, apart good. from that, story wise. I'm not really expecting mm, much from this. No, no, All right, no. cool. So let's go back over to Netflix, Netflix and Friends. And I'm going to talk about Unstable, which actually is on Netflix. And talking about big tech companies, <laughs> in this show, Rob Lowe plays a character. And this character is, oh, oh, what's it? What's his, he's got one of these like funky names, which, which lets you know that he's straight away supposed to be like an Elon Musk. He's supposed to be like an Elon Musk or like a Mark Zuckerberg. He's one of these guys. He's the head of a tech company. He's like this visionary and he runs this, this company. But people are beginning to think that he's losing his mind. It's called, he, lost his wife, he lost his wife within the last year. And ever since then, he hasn't been showing up to work. He's been becoming a bit erratic and all that kind of stuff. And you have this character who is played by Sean Clifford. And Sean Clifford is essentially, she's like his chief operating officer. She's the one who keeps the lights on while he's running around doing all his crazy stuff. She's the one who keeps the board happy. And she's, she begins to really, really worry about him. So she gets his son, his son who has, who, who has gone away, who is played by Rob Lowe's actual son, who has gone away to... So they're, they're on the West Coast somewhere like California. He's gone over to New York and everything, wants to be away from his dad, even though he, is, even though he has like a scientific skill as well. He wants to do something as far difficult because everything that he tries to do in the science world, his dad tries to control it. So, so he is there treat, um, t- uh, teaching the flute. But they bring him back and they say, we need you to come back for one weekend and just help your dad settle down because if not, the board are going to try and remove from his own company. So he comes mm-hmm. back in, he comes back in, he hangs out with his dad. There's the whole thing about, okay, father-son relationship. There's, and it's a workplace comedy. It's kind of like, it's a bit like, it's a bit like Scrubs. If Scrubs were set in a high-tech, uh, high-tech company where they do all sorts of stuff, like they're working on something like, they're working on a mega plant that can that can trap a whole bunch of carbon or they that, that that kind of stuff and it's it's just it's roblo i'm not sure if you've seen roblo in anything recently but roblo seems to be in this section of his career where he's just having fun 
he's having fun and he's he's almost of making making fun of his of the image that he had of uh, this sort of like you know young hot thing when he was younger or anything like that or this really really incredibly handsome man that everybody just says yes to and he's uh, Rob Lowe is just having the time of his life going around without messing around with it for me I think Shin Clifford who you might have known if you've seen Fleabag she plays Fleabag's sister in that and um she she for me is She's the MVP of this thing. She's like the best thing. She's the one who you, who you want to see more of and all that. And they've put together a whole bunch of characters. They come up with the sister thing. There's about 10 episodes. Each one will have half an hour. They end up on a, ooh, come back for season two. But it isn't like a cliffhanger. It isn't really a cliffhanger because it's a comedy show. And you know how these things get resolved. They'll probably be resolved within five minutes of the first second season starting. And the only question is, is for me is, is it it's not like a it's not one of these ones that has like a laugh track or anything like that so it's not like shot in front of an audience it's um a it's single camera and for me the question is is it inoffensive enough to to warrant your time and i would say yes it is inoffensive enough to warrant your time i think that there's supposed to be some jokes that's supposed to be that uh that you would get better if you were more into tech and if you understood a little bit more about people like musk, musk and zuckerberg but I don't really think that. Yeah, it's 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 a workplace comedy. It's a workplace comedy. I think it's inoffensive enough. I think it's good. I think the performances are good. I think that there's a couple of people who I've seen in this one. I'm like, oh, I need to go find out more about them. I find out more what they've done because I think it's a good cast that they've put together. But Sean Clifford is the MVP. Rob Lowe and his son, uh, whose name I've got to look up, <laughs> is that they they are, they are quite they are quite good. And I would give it a three out of five. So I would recommend Unstable on Netflix. Go go watch it. Not gonna not gonna change your world, but it's distracting enough. And now we go back to um, cinema. And Sean, you're going to talk to us about Disney's latest chance to take all of our money by turning one of their rides <laughs> into a film. Film, in yeah. Haunted yeah. Mansion. So, so tell us <laughs> about Haunted Mansion. Much. Okay, Haunted Mansion. So this is Eddie Murphy. I haven't seen Eddie Murphy for a little while. Um, no, uh, oh, hang on. No, it. This is it Eddie Murphy? Eddie, no, Eddie Murphy was, there was a haunted mansion that was made years ago with Eddie Murphy in it. Oh, and right. Okay. This new one doesn't have Eddie Murphy in it. Which one did you see? Well, I saw the latest one. I saw it in the pictures. Yeah. <laughs> so this 2023 film, who plays? It's Eddie Murphy. I'm sure of it, isn't it? No, 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 no. It's Lakeith Stanfield. Who's the main guy in it? Oh, I thought it was Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I Eddie swear Murphy's I did, like yeah. 20 years more, 20, well, 20 to he, 30 years older than he, him. He had, he, it, well, I, no, seriously, I honestly thought I, <laughs> I thought that was Eddie Murphy. I thought I hadn't seen him for a while. He did look, <laughs> now you say it, he did look really, really young, but he does look, he is uncannily like, do you not think? Mm, I've got to be honest with you, Sean, no, I don't think he looks anything oh, I'm like really Eddie sorry, Murphy. anyway, what it is, because I mean, I, I, I did... I didn't recognise any of the, any other ones, but I I swear it was Eddie Murphy. There you go. How about that? But um, um, yeah. So <laughs> I saw anyway. Basically, the story is a couple of kids and they they go to this 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 haunted mansion with what I thought was Eddie Murphy. What's his name? Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield. It just shows I don't look at actors. I couldn't even tell you to you who the, the the lady was and the the boy and the girl, but I did know Terence Stamp. I did see Terence Stamp. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, to Terrence Stamp. Anyway, so ba- basically, it's like the state agents. And so there, there were a couple of estate agents, wife and husband. And it's Ed, Eddie Murphy he sort of ignores the kids a little. Not Eddie Murphy. The, <laughs> the, the other character. The actor who's not Eddie Murphy. The actor who's not Eddie Murphy. So you better tell me his name again, Toast. Well, hang on. Wait, did you see this in the cinema? 
Yes, I saw this in the cinema. Yes. Then, then it would be then it would be Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith Stanfield. Lakeith right, Stanfield. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and there's like a, a a little orb in the in the little face in the orb. Yeah, I saw this at the cinema. Yeah, it was um. So, yeah, yeah. So Terence Stamp, and then you've got a guy that's like Count Dracula that wants his wife. Okay. And um, so there's like a curse that needs to be broken. And they turn up at this this house, and yeah, there's yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Carry on, carry on, carry on. Sorry. Anyway, well, we we believe you that you saw it at the cinema. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, yeah, no, and they so didn't show was... you the wrong film by mistake. Oh right, okay, okay. So yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I still don't know what it's is, about. Okay, is, is there is there a woman? Is there a woman in this with two kids? Who yes, lives, two in, the, kids. Who lives yes, in the house? Yes, 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 yes. yes and yes. she invites somebody to come have a look and figure out why the house is haunted. Yes, yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why the house is haunted, and and the kids end up doing the the kids end up doing the um you know you know being more clever. Yep, 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 cool, good oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Canterville ghost. They see the ghost, but no one... Yeah, they see yeah. the ghost, and they get the ghost, and they go on a story, and they... um, they, they... Are there loads of ghosts in this house? Was it just one ghost? No, there's a few ghosts. There's a few ghosts. There's there's a couple that are, are like ghosts, which which sort of help out and stuff. So... Okay. Yeah, yeah so... Okay, now, I'm looking at this. This this film actually has quite a stacked cast for what is... what ostensibly seems to be a kid's film. Yes. Yeah. Would would you say it's a kids' film, Sean? Yeah, I think it's a kids' film. I think it's a kids' film. Yeah. Okay, because it, it says... scary in any way. I didn't really scare me that much. It didn't really scare me that much. Is it intending to be a scary film, or is it more of a adventure thing? I think it's more of an adventure thing. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm so- sorry if I threw you off your <laughs> threw you off your. No, that's that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. Anyway. Right. So because it says it has Danny DeVito in it. Danny DeVito, Rosario Dawson, Dan Levy, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jared Leto. Yeah, it's got a, it's got, it's got quite a stack. It's okay, got so one of the Wilsons in it. Is it Owen Wilson in it's it? It's got as Owen well? Wilson in it as a yeah. priest. Ah, ah. Oh, right, I saw okay. a trailer for it, and I thought there was, it was quite mm. starry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, okay, well, sure. Okay, maybe we should just skip to what you thought about this. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So okay, so yeah, I mean, it was it was a, a, a good film, and I I would give this a uh, like a three star, like a three star. Okay, a three star, three star for Haunted Mansion, because yeah. I mean, we had something on this, and I think it was Superfan Nina actually got in touch with me after watching this in the cinema because Sean, she is she's continuing she's continuing her aim to become more and more like you because she went and got herself a limit a limitless card where she can go to the cinema anytime she wants. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, oh wow! I'd see the all, all, all these. So let's see. She got in touch with me, and she just sort of said, "So haunted mansion was incredibly scary. What were Disney thinking? I was petrified. It's not like a comedy haunting. It's like serious haunting. So she says like it's more of like a seriously trying to be a scary film than it's trying to be a trying to be like a kids, um, a kids like you know funny comedy scary film comedy thing. Yeah." What, what, would you well, agree I, that it tries to be more serious than it tries to be? Whether it's, yeah, it's whether got some it's serious moments in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I would say that that's. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, it would be. I would give this one, as I say, a, a, a three star. So, okay. you know, yeah. 
Okay, three star. As we as we go back and we try and figure out exactly what happened. Yes. <laughs> we try to figure out exactly what happened with this. I figure out. There's a bit of me that that is that. There's a bit of me because did you see this on the Isle of Wight? Yes. Yes, I saw this. On the Isle of Wight. There's a bit of me, there's a bit that's really 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 wondering now. Wondering now whether they ordered the haunted mansion but got the wrong print. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which I know it is, it, it would fall into the stereotype of like you know the Isle of Wight and everything like that, and people being incompetent. Like, but I do think it would be funny if they ordered the haunted mansion and they got the wrong print of it, the one with Eddie Murphy in it, um, instead of the one with the instead of the new one. Is Terence Stamp in this one? <laughs> That's no, the only no. one you recognise. Well, you, you <laughs> that's the thing because I'm pretty sure Terrence Stamp is in the Eddie Murphy version, but Terrence Stamp is not in the new one. <laughs> Do you remember so, seeing Danny DeVito? This is like an interrogation now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I know because that's because I'm thinking, because Did you I'm thinking, see I'm thinking, Danny DeVito. In I think it's Sean. It's Sean, and Sean would recognise Danny DeVito if Sean saw yeah. Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah, Danny DeVito. <laughs> so, so, so that's why I'm beginning <laughs> to think that maybe. Maybe they decided that they were going what? to try. I really think that maybe they decided that they were that they were going to do like a double bill or something, and they got the original, the old haunted mansion one in because, yep, Terrence Stamp is in the Eddie Murphy version. So mm. I oh, think they might have okay. shown you the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but but we, yes, I, well, that's just a completely that's bizarre, though, isn't it? If you've well, named two actors who aren't actually in this film, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, okay. I, yeah. I, I, I think because I'm looking at Sean and I'm like, I'm like, no, Sean, Sean would have seen a younger Eddie Murphy. He would get Sean. Would, you would recognize Terrence Stamp. You would have recognized Danny DeVito, which is what makes me think they showed you the wrong film. <laughs> but until we figure, until we figure out our, 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 our completed our investigation to figure out what the heck happened at the Isle of Wight City World. <laughs> We will stick with that three stars, three stars, and then we'll go over to Netflix, and this is Wellmania. Wellmania. Um, now, this is a TV show. It's. Um, I was talking last week about Australia and how all of a sudden there seems to be a lot of Australian comedy that's coming over at the moment, that's coming over to the UK and being shown up on our screens. This one is not as. Um, it's not. It, it didn't make as big a splash as something like Calling from Accounts, like what we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, anything like that. But it's called Wellmania. It has a woman called Celeste Barber, Celeste Barber in it, who is like a comedian and she does this whole thing where on, on Instagram, you know how all these celebrities, they'll post like a, obviously a professionally take, taken picture, a, profession, a professionally taken picture of like, oh, this is me with my life. I'm just having a milkshake. And she sort of like, you know, recreates that in real life and does that. And does oh, I've seen fun. those. They're hilarious. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about with Celeste Barber. And in this show, the whole idea behind it is that she is an Australian who works in the food journalism thing in New York. So she works in food journalism in New York. She is possibly about to get a really, really big thing that would make her career where she would end up on a TV show. But she flies back to Australia for her best friend's 40th birthday. She flies back to Australia for her best friend's 40th birthday. And while she's there at the at the party, she falls over. She goes to a... She goes to a um, to a hospital, they say, "I'm sorry, but you are just not well enough. You are not well enough to be let back into the U- into the U.S. because you become a strain on the U.S. health system." So she has to go away, and she has to improve her health 
all the while trying to keep everybody in America that no, no, I'm coming back. Keep the opportunity going for me. Uh, but she has to improve her health to a point where they'll give her a green card because I, I didn't know this. I didn't know that if you're going to get a green for America, you have to be a certain amount of healthy, which sounds, when you look at some areas of America, it does sound a little bit hypocritical. <laughs> but, but you have to be a certain layer of healthy so you don't put any more strain on the, on the health system, such as it is. So what happens is you have this woman going around, going around trying to get fit and trying all these different fads trying to get healthy quickly enough to get back to America. In the meantime, you get to meet her family, get to figure out that there was a reason she left Australia in the first place. You meet her mom, you meet her brother. Her brother's about to get married. You meet her brother's fiancé, and as, they, as they're getting the whole wedding thing sorted. And it just becomes, um, in some ways, a meandering kind of like move around her Australian life, trying to figure out how do I get back to America? What's actually going to happen? Who's going to? Oh, is this going? Is there going to be a romance here? What goes on with my best friend? And and it's good. It is distracting enough. I don't think it is as cutting as it could be, and I don't think it delivers on its initial premise of well mania, which is all about. It's based on a book where it was essentially this woman going through like a year of trying all the different health fads to see whether they would actually make her any better. And it kind of does that, but then it ditches that after a while to go, let's go try something else instead and all that. And it's so, and I, oh, yeah, I think it's, I think it is funny in bits. I think it's funny in bits, but it's one of those things that I found it very easy to just leave. So I would watch it. It probably took me, it's about eight episodes. It probably took me about three months to watch eight episodes because I just kept watching it and then, yeah, whatever, go away. Oh, yeah, there's that thing. I guess I should finish watching it. Watch again. Okay, cool. Leave it. Come back. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll power through the last two episodes. And then it ends. And this ends on theme of the the show, a cliffhanger. It, (laughs) It ends on a cliffhanger that I just cannot be bothered about. I really cannot be bothered about. Uh, so, is there any famous people in it, Toast? Any famous? Nobody I recognised. Oh. There might be people who are famous on an Australian scene because once they go to Australia, everything is it's just Australian. And it's even it has this whole thing where they have people in it who are supposed to be American, but I'm like, that's an Australian putting on an American accent. Yeah. <laughs> so this whole thing was filmed in Australia. You might have had a couple of external shots in New York. Or you might need to find a place where you could make it look like, you know, get some computer graphics in the back and make it look like New York. But everybody in this thing, I think is in particular, there is an agent. She has an agent in New York and she is the main American character that you meet and you hear and you hear. And I, every time she opened her mouth, I was like, you are not American. <laughs> every time she opened her mouth, I was like, you're Australian, pretending to be American. So um, the, the, apart from Celeste Barber, who I only heard about by watching this show, no, uh, I did not recognize anybody else in this show. <laughs> Nobody else in this show. But uh, I would give it a three out of five. I would say it is distracting enough. It's it's. <laughs> this is to be like Netflix. Netflix's comedies distracting enough, and you can put up in the background. And you can just sort of, sort of like um, let go. So yeah, it's. Um, I would give Well Mania a three out of five. So, Ooh. all that is left is to say, who do you think has won this week? Is it Netflix or is it cinema? Draw. Sharon? I think it's a draw. 
in my head. I'm doing my sums. I think we had two fours and then we had four threes. So I think it was a draw. You would both be right. It is an absolute <laughs> dead heat. It is a draw. It is a draw with uh, with a four in cinema and two threes in cinema. And same thing exactly on Netflix and Friends. Where uh, Blue Beetle 3-3, three, three, Haunted Mansion 3, which might be the wrong Haunted Mansion. Yeah, it might be. But, but it, still, it still fulfills our roles because it was a film that you have not seen and you saw in cinema. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, but Sean, the the more the more you speak, the more I'm like I'm like no, Sean isn't that. Sean would know who these people are, so I'm pretty <laughs> sure you saw the Eddie Murphy. I'm pretty sure you saw the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion version, especially when you mentioned Terrence Stamp, and especially when you started talking about the you started talking about the um the plot of the film, and I'm like, this doesn't sound anything like the new film that's just been released. <laughs> so. I think you need to go find Ben or whoever it is at the Cineworld on the Isle of Wight and tell them and that they sold, <laughs> they sold you a lemon. <laughs> they sold you a lemon. But, um, but the other thing that we said is, uh, yes, I was going to come up with the, the um, review or the, the piece of feedback that we got. And you're right. I did find something. There was something on Alex, on our Asterix and the Mansion of the Gods review that we got on YouTube. And it was someone called Elephant March. And they said about Asterix, he says, there are quite a few animated Asterix films, although I think the best-looking one that was still hand-drawn was the most recent, Asterix and the Vikings. Although I do feel the story was a bit muddled compared to this one. They also did A Secret of the Magic Potion, which is also lovely, although that arguably got a bit too big. And I think I know what he's talking about. I've seen a lot of the other different attempts at doing something on um or on asterix that have been done before and i still think asterix on the mansion of the gods is the one tone wise that nails it so thank you very much elephant march for getting back in touch with us on on uh on what's that thing called youtube, YouTube? yeah for uh, on youtube and i agree i think well uh, it makes me want to see more i think the live action the live action um asterix films that star gerard depredu as obelisk yeah. i think the the less said about them, the better. <laughs> I think. I think. I think less. Than, I think Asterix animation. That's where it's supposed to be. That's where it's supposed to be. And I'm just going to go on and finally try and find out Rob Lowe's son's name for who is also in Unstable. Yeah. Okay. So John Owen Lowe. John Owen Lowe is the is the one. Cool. So with that being done, all I could say is thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening this way. Get in touch with us. Please subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts from. Um, get in touch with us on Twitter at um, Netflix via Cinema. Get in touch with us on YouTube at Netflix via Cinema. And let us know what you thought about these things. Let us know about the films that you have seen that you and what you thought about them. It would be lovely to have a chat with you. But until next week, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Thank you ever so much for joining us. Thank you.